Welcome, welcome back. This is Levy Brackman with the Wisdom for Business on Life podcast. Thank you so much for joining. This is episode four of season two of the Wisdom for Business Success podcast, and I am enjoying doing it, and I hope that you get value from it as well. Now, over the past couple of months or so, I've been studying a tractate in the Talmud called Tractate Nidarim. And as I reflect on this, because I completed this tractate uh, yesterday, so as I reflect on this, I want to share some wisdom which has occurred to me, which has been beneficial to me in my life to take on and also might be beneficial to you. So let me just give you a bit of a bit of a background of what uh, the subject matter here is and then what it could mean for us in our life and how it can be uh, instructive for us to live an optimal life and to optimize our success in every single area. So here's the background. So it says in the Bible, it talks about this idea of making an oath and that if you make an oath, then you have to make sure that you don't make your words profane. In other words, if you say something, you should mean it and you should stand by it because you're making an oath in front of God and therefore you shouldn't make your words profane and therefore you must carry out that which you made an oath to carry out. Unless you were somehow able to go in front of judges or some wise people and explain the mistake that you made when you made this oath and they can then say, okay, well, we will annul this oath. But the concept of making an oath is very powerful. You promise or you swear that you're going to do something, you should carry that out. And that is a fundamental concept. Your word, and when you say you're going to do something, you make an oath, you're going to do it. That is incredibly powerful, and you need to carry it out. You now have an obligation to carry it out. Now, what's really interesting is that in the Talmud, there's this idea that if you make an oath, that's not a positive thing. You actually should try and go through life not making any oaths. Because when you make an oath, you're making this extra obligation upon yourself to do something which you might end up not doing. And then you're now making your words profane. And that's why in many ways, you know, when you, uh, even in regular uh, culture, people say, uh, I, when I grew up in England, uh, you have swear words. You swear. You just swore at me. And Swearing, which is from the idea of making an oath, is seemed to be a negative thing. One shouldn't swear. Uh, in, 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 in America, they're called curse words. But if you look at what curse words means, uh, it's blasphemous in a sense. You say something which is blasphemous. Blasphemy is the opposite of holy and is similar to the concept of profanity. So a profanity, what is a profanity? A profanity is this concept that you curse or that you make, you swear. It's a swear word. And in other words, you're making your oath, you're making your words to be profane. I think it has very deep biblical meanings. So the whole concept of, of cursing, the whole concept of swearing, these come from the Bible and it's considered to be a negative thing. But the core of it is that you feel that you have to make an oath to do something, you have to swear that you're going to do something, and the concept that you're going to make this oath, and then if you don't do it, now you're going back on your word, that is deemed to be negative. 
But let's take a step back here for a moment, because why would it be that someone feels that they need to make an oath that they're going to do something? Well, it could be for a positive reason or it could be for a negative reason. There could be a negative reason and a person might say, I swear that you're never going to have any enjoyment from anything that I have to offer ever in my life. You're upset with someone and you are you want to make sure that that person is not allowed to have any enjoyment from any of your things. And therefore, you might say, you know, I, I, I swear that you're not going to benefit from me ever again. Now, that's a negative form of making an oath. That one can obviously and easily see why that's a negative thing. But then there's a positive way of making an oath. You might say, well, I swear, a person might say, never to eat junk food again in my life. Well, then that's a good thing, because now you're kind of bringing upon yourself this extra responsibility not to do something negative. Or you might say, I make an oath that you're never going to hurt anybody, or you're never going to offend anyone or hurt anyone's feelings, or you're never going to do something unhealthy, or you might swear that you're always going to go to the gym. Those, one might think, are going to be good things, and therefore one should make those kind of oaths. But it seems like there's not really a differentiation between a good or a bad oath. They both seem to be something that one ought not to do. One shouldn't make oaths, period, whether it's good or bad, because if you end up going back on your word, that's considered to be negative. But there's something deeper to it than just that. Because what is the idea of that you feel that you have to make an additional obligation upon yourself to do something, whether positive or negative? Why would one do that? Well, one would do that because one feels that who you are, your character as it is, needs extra additional fortification, let's say. And that additional fortification is through an oath. I'm extra going to obligate myself to do something because I myself within my own character don't have the power to do it on my own and therefore I'm going to use the power of the oath now, if you like, to make me do something uh, which I wouldn't otherwise do. So why is that concept considered to be negative? What, what, why would, you know... It, Ancient sages think that that's a negative thing. One would think at first glance that that's actually a positive thing. You know, I, my own character within myself, I don't have the, 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 the fortitude. I don't have the character to go to the gym every single day or a number of times a week. And therefore now I'm going to make an oath that actually forces me in a sense and obligates me because I don't want to break my word. My word is considered such a big, powerful thing. I don't want to break my word. I've made this oath in front of God, in front of other people. I can't break my oath. Now I'm going to feel obligated every day to go to the gym or I'm going to feel obligated not to eat this junk food. Why would that be a negative thing? And if you think about it, though, it's because you're not really changing anything within yourself when you are, when you're making that oath. What you're doing is you're taking the power of the word. If you like, you're taking the power of the fact that you shouldn't break your oath that you made in front of God, in front of man. And, and that's now forcing you. It's obligating you. It's kind of giving you the, the obligation now to, 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 to do that. 
So now you're forcing yourself into it. It's not something which comes from within yourself, in a sense. It's not, it's not self-determined. It's not something which you feel that comes out of your own volition and internal motivation. Rather, it is something that you are now forcing upon yourself. So you don't actually become a better person. You're just doing it because you made an oath. You're not doing it because you're a changed person. And the second the oath no longer takes effect, somehow the oath dissipates, either because you can go to a wise person, that wise person, um, the judge, then annuls your oath. At that point, you're still back to the same person you were. You're still the lazy person who can't get off the bench or get off the couch in order to go and work out. So nothing's really changed. You're still the same person. And that's the issue with the oath. The oath, actually, the concept is that you're using the power of the oath. And the power of the oath means that now you've made an oath. You've sworn in front of God and in front of your fellow people that this is what you're going to do. And because of that, now you feel obligated to do it. And at that point, you're going to do it. But you yourself remain the same person. You haven't changed. And what we really want in life is that we should change as people. We want to become better people. We want to actually find within ourselves the character which makes us that we want to go and work out. Or we don't want to hurt people's feelings. Or we want to be nice to people. We want to become that person. We want to grow our empathy. Not because somebody else told us. Not because we're scared that if we don't, we're going to be breaking our word. But because that's the person we've become. And as long as you have an oath and you're doing it because of the oath, it doesn't give you the opportunity to actually change fundamentally. And the second the oath is gone, you're back to who you were in the beginning. So that's um, that's why an oath is considered negative. Nonetheless, the concept of an oath still exists because some people need the oath for some people uh, an oath is very important for some people an oath is the beginning or they can't there's no other way for them to make the change other than with an oath so they need to make an oath so they're obligated to make an oath so some people they have to make an oath they have no choice because the only way they're going to get out of whatever rut they're in is by making an oath. They need something external to stand upon them, stand over them, and to force them, in a sense, to do whatever they need to do in life in order to become more productive, in order to become a better person, or at least act as if they're a better person. But that's not the ultimate. That might be there and needed temporarily, but ultimately the goal is to change oneself, to become a better person. It's really interesting that there's a, this idea, another idea found in the Talmud, which says that when it comes to issues related to immorality or issues related to infidelity or licentiousness or other kinds of sexual impropriety, it says that one cannot have a God for those kind of things. And lots of people think that that means that people are just inherently boorish and 
they can't trust themselves when it comes to areas of sexual impropriety and immorality because everyone has a certain type of boorishness inside themselves which could cause them to act in an inappropriate way. And I don't think that's what it means at all. I actually think, think it means that you can't have a guard in a, over yourself to protect you from that kind of behavior. A guard is the concept that an outside force cannot make you into a moral being who will behave himself or herself in any given circumstance. That is something which you have to change within yourself. You have to become that person. You have to attain those values. You have to change within yourself the nature of licentiousness and immorality and become a more moral and, in a sense, holy person. And one can reach that. One can become that if one works on oneself to become that person. But having an outside person standing there, guarding over you, forcing you to be moral, forcing you to behave yourself, that doesn't change who you are. That doesn't change your own inherent values. And that's what that means. You can't have a guard against immorality. You have to become a moral person. And that's the problem with having making an oath. And making an oath, you're doing it because you need to keep your word. You're not doing it because you've become the person who is in line with whatever you want that behavior to be. And it's tremendous wisdom here because we're all, anyone who's listened to this podcast, it's because you want to become a better person. You're on some kind of journey to uh, become a better person. We all are. And we all have that desire. And if you listen to this podcast, you listen to this, this podcast because somehow something uh, which we talk about on this podcast touches you and helps you on that journey to become a better person, to become the more perfect individual that you can become. And it's a lesson here, and the wisdom inherent here is that that won't come about by having an outside force, whatever that might be, whether it's an individual, whether it's a community, whether it's uh, some kind of consequences that forces you to become that. It has to happen from within. You have to create that change from within yourself. And that is much, much harder work. It's deep inner work. That takes to get there. It takes time. It takes effort. And it starts with a deep recognition of why one wants to be that person. And then spending time working on oneself to develop the sensitivities necessary to become that person. Let's take, for example, empathy. Empathy is an example here. So some people are born more empathetic than others. Uh, I think that you know, empathy is something which needs to be practiced. All these things need to be practiced. But empathy, you practice empathy. And think about this. You're walking in the train station and you go into the train. And sometimes in the train station, especially where I live in New Haven, one finds that there are beggars. There are people coming to you and asking for money because they, they, they just, they're falling on hard times. And what do you think when you walk past that person who um, who's asking for money? Do you think, oh, that's a leech? That's a, a person who's 
a bum, should get his act together? Or do you, are you able to feel that person's pain? And, you know, recently in conversations with uh, friends of mine, I've recognized that there's a certain attitude that people have towards uh, people who are less well-off than they are. And they feel like, oh, these are just bums on welfare. They should just get their act together. And if they just worked hard like I worked hard, then, you know, they would be as successful as I am. So I can't have any sympathy for these people who are just kind of leeching off society. That's a whole viewpoint that a lot of people have. And and I challenge that, not because, you know, in essence, you person might be wrong about it. It could be there are people who are just taking advantage of others and leeching off society. It could be that those beggars in the train station, it's entirely possible that those people have, um, you know, millions of dollars in the bank and they're just doing this to, or even a lot of money in the bank. And, you know, this is the way they make money. And they're going home to their fancy house. or they're buying their fancy car. Or whatever else they're doing with that money. It's possible that that's the case. But just because that's possible that's the case. Shouldn't change how I am. When I see somebody who is suffering. Or seems to be suffering. What I need to do is try and figure out. How I can help that person. The way I do that is by feeling their pain. And being mindful of the fact that this person, at least the way it's presented to you, is suffering. I I submit that there's almost no one who chooses on their own to stand out there and begs. And if they're standing in there and they're begging, it's because they've fallen in hard times. It's because they're suffering in some kind of way. And we all suffer as humans. We all have suffering in our lives. There's no one who doesn't suffer. So we all know what that feels like. And then the question is, well, if I know what my suffering feels like, and now I can see that person's suffering, that person's suffering then mirrors in my suffering, and then I can feel their pain. And when I feel their pain, I want to help alleviate that pain and do something about it. That's empathy. And that can be developed if you work on it. And you develop it by being mindful of the fact that you want to be a better person. And one of the ways in which you become a better person is by developing greater empathy and you and and you're able to develop great empathy by practicing empathy and the way to practice empathy is to actually awaken within yourself the pain that the other person feels and that will make you more empathetic and 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 that's something which you can develop that pain the ability and, and sometimes you some of us can't see the pain in other people's eyes we just don't see it um uh, and, and you know people who have greater Emotional intelligence are able to pick up other people's feelings better and more easily than others. And uh, some people can't do that as well. But when you see someone actually is suffering, like if they're begging, you know they're suffering. Then you need to be able to feel their pain and then mirror it back and then try and do what you can to alleviate that suffering. Rather than saying, oh, they're bums on welfare or whatever else people say. And, and so that's how you become a better person, by working on yourself and practicing to become a better person. And, and, and rather than just forcing it upon yourself, you actually make that inner change. And when you make that inner change, you become a better person. And the same thing is with regard to one's work. 
So if you're working and you find yourself that you're unproductive, you could make an oath and say, I swear that I'm going to be productive this week. I swear that I'm going to wake up early and go to sleep late and I'm going to make sure that I have every single hour of the day filled with whatever I need to get done. You can make that oath and try and force that upon yourself. Or you could work with yourself to figure out why am I doing what I want, what, why I'm doing? What's the purpose of it? How does that align with what I really am and what I want to be in life? Bring out that inner motivation to actually complete the work that is in front of you. And if you really have no care and feeling for the work that is in front of you, then there are other questions you need to ask yourself to try and figure out what work should I be doing, which I truly do care about. But do that in a work of figuring out why you're doing what you're doing and what it means and how it impacts. And therefore, bring out with yourself the inner motivation to actually want to do it. That's way more powerful than any kind of oath you can make or anyone else standing on your head telling you you need to do it. It comes from within, and that change happening within is really difficult. It takes that inner work to get there, but it's well worth it because when you do that, that has longevity. It will. It's something, it's a change that's happened within you, and that will last for a very, very long time. That's true change. That's how true transformation takes place. Not by making an oath or having some outside force, which is now for, you feel forced to do that because you've make, made an oath or because someone else is forcing you to do it. It's an inner thing. And that makes you a, truly a better person. You can truly optimize your life and you can truly live in a totally self-actualized way. So that's what I wanted to share today. Uh, in this episode of the Wisdom for Business Life podcast, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. If you got out of it as much as I've gotten out of it, these ideas are very powerful to me in my life and in my business. I try and live them as much as I can. And uh, if you like this podcast, please go and leave a review, uh, on, uh, like it, share it, let other people know about it. I do this for the benefit of other people. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. And until next time, this has been Levy Brackman with the Wisdom for Business and Life podcast. Have a wonderful day.